Welcome, nerd and nerdettes. Today's podcast episode features talks of horror movies, the new Joker film, and spoilers for Evangelion. <laughs> You're not listening to Featuring Dez. Woo-woo! Good day, everyone, to another episode of Featuring Dez. Once again, I'm your host, Dez, and today I'm accompanied by the walking fish man himself, Sam and Ammon. <laughs> Say hi to the people, Ammon. Hey. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> last night, uh, me and my buddy Ammon um, actually saw a very anticipated film, a film titled Drum Jack Ro- and Jill 2. Jack? No, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, we ain't seen another Adam Sandler movie, no. <laughs> now, we ended up seeing uh, The Joker, Joaquin Phoenix's probably greatest performance ever and probably the best performance of 2019, I kid you not. But... Before we, before we dive into that, um, uh, oh, you gave me a look just now when I said best performance of 2019. I mean, it's debatable. Well, it's it's uh, it's. I don't think it's a stretch. it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's not a stretch. Yeah, I mean, it's just. I, I guess so. Uh, do you have any performances that you you'd like to nominate real quick before the Oscar season comes around? Um, I thought Leo in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, probably. Leo, Leo was great. Yeah, Leo was amazing. Uh, I, I definitely would throw that in there as well. Um, I actually thought Shia was very strong in Peanut Butter Falcon. It was he he had a very oh, yeah. he had a very simple. I didn't know you saw that. Yeah, he had a very simplistic approach. Dug it. Um, and then we talked about my experience with Ad Astra. I thought Brad he he had he had to take a very laid back approach to it. And he was bo- mostly by himself on screen most of the time and did a pretty solid job. But anyway, guys, uh, we are now in the month of October, which means <laughs> spooky stuff. I love that uh, that that ambient noise from you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're it's a Halloween season, guys. And uh, uh, I, yesterday, I decided to treat myself to a little bit of a um, a scary movie. And what scary movie? Uh, what better way to treat myself to a scary movie than by watching arguably the best horror film of 2018, last year's 2018, which was, drumroll please, Hereditary. Uh, and now, Hereditary, in my opinion, is the best ho- uh, horror film to come out in 2018, la- last year, but... um, I don't a- think it's a, a debate, really. I yeah. think it just is. Yeah, best. no, I, actually, you know what? Fuck it. Hereditary was the best film horror film of 2018. Uh, although, with that being said, it actually wasn't my favorite horror film of 2018. My favorite horror film um, was uh, David Gordon Green's Halloween, which was a sequel to the to the original uh, Halloween done by John Carpenter that came out in like '78. And now, here, here's the reason why I, I liked uh, the Halloween film. First of all, it was actually a very competent sequel. Better than some of the, the the ones that came before. But not only that, but ever since I was a kid, I've always had a soft spot for, for the Halloween franchise. Something about Michael Myers and his simplicity, mm-hmm. uh, just being evil. Uh, Donald Pleasant's always giving great monologues about the darkest eyes. For me, I've always been Jason. It's just been Jason for me. Right. And I just like them. Okay. And we, we, we spoke about that a little bit, too. Because uh, Jason is just uh, a... a just a pure force to be reckoned with. And mm. when, anytime he's on screen, like you, you just feel the fear because you don't know what he's gonna do. Like we've seen Jason bust through windows and snatch bitches. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he's literally done that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I never, even as a kid, I wasn't really afraid of Jason. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, kind of like it was kind of like the it's scary, but I, you know, gravitate towards it kind of thing. Right. And, I don't know, I've just always liked, you know, the hockey mask and just the lumbering figure and just his general attitude and the whole story of, like, you know, he's, you know, he's a deformed child who was wronged. Yeah, and I mean, you you had you had teens who were supposed to be watching him, um, and he ultimately, ultimately drowned in, in, a, in a lake because teens were fornicating. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah, so you feel bad for Jason. Yeah. You don't feel bad for Michael Myers. In no. The first movie, he kills a dog. Yeah, dude, Michael Myers is literally the personification of evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's nothing behind his eyes. Like Donald Pleasance, as as the great Dr. Loomis once said, he mm-hmm. had the blackest eyes. The, uh, he saw simply simply pure evil. So, And uh, and that's what, one of the things that has always drawn me to the character of Michael, was that he was just evil, and there was really no backstory to him. You, He was just that, and that's... 
that that's a little eerie. I was mm-hmm. I, I love it when a film doesn't give me uh, too much backstory. Uh-huh. I don't need an explanation yeah. as to why something is creepy. It's creepy when I don't know why someone is doing something. Yeah, that's what they did in the Rob Zombie remake. Too, right, right. Which I haven't seen, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, give it a shot. I don't think uh, they're they're as great as say as say some of my favorite sequels in the Halloween series. But they're not the the worst films. They 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 just give a whole huge backstory as to why you know one might do what Michael did. So it's it's funny how this new Halloween movie they just released is the third second Halloween movie titled Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I always liked the the stories about uh, like when there's a crazy character when it was just one bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and that comes around the Joker. Yeah, you know, because you know the famous. Uh, killing joke, joke. yeah. Like, one the bad. whole thing is one bad day because mm-hmm. Joker wasn't a, a crazy guy; he was just a normal guy. Yeah. Great and graphic novel, day. by the way. If anyone's in the comics or not opposed to reading comics or graphic novels, I definitely would give um, the Killing Joke um, a, a read. Do not watch the animated film. <sighs> you and I have talked about that at, uh, to uh, to an extent about how we really didn't really like no. the animated film. I was I was excited for that. Me too, too man. Me too. I like, bought it. You saw the copy I showed you. <laughs> I, I watched it online. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I ain't paying for that shit. Uh, but uh, but nah, man. Um, so I, I do ha- I do have one thing I want to ask you though. Um, what type of horror do you tend to uh, to gravitate to? Are are you are you more, um, so for a good example? I have a friend. She absolutely love love loves ghost stories or anything paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, paranormal films. Um, or they're 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 fifty fifty. They're either really good or they're really shitty. Because mm-hmm. like paranormal films either just try and jump scare you the whole time because you know ooh ghosts pop up throughout the house and then usually usually there's one person who's being haunted and they try to tell other people I'm being haunted and then no one believes them and at the uh-huh. very end everyone finally believes them when everyone's halfway dead yeah. and so I usually kind of hate that kind of setup. Um, but now that paranormal doesn't really doesn't really scare me. I'm more afraid of of people uh, of people because mm-hmm. you know it's tangible. It's something that could actually happen. So yeah. I've always been more afraid of serial killers and stories about about, about murderers than I was necessarily about ghosts. Um, but but you know um, the, I I but you know everyone's got their own cup of tea. Like I said, my friend she loves paranormal. Not my thing. I prefer. Uh, the actual killers like Michael and uh-huh. Jason, or or an actual serial killer of some kind. What what kind of horror do you tend to go for? Do you like sci fi ish, a little bit of comedic route? Um, I um I love slasher and everything, but it's more of just like the same reason you watch an action movie. Okay, for fun. I don't really watch slashers to get scared because most of them aren't scary to me. Okay, but I do love like paranormal stuff when it's done well. You know. Yeah. And, I don't know, there's definitely a line between, like, it being, like, subtly scary. Because, I mean, me, myself, maybe I'm a little superstitious, but I, I do believe in some paranormal stuff. Right. I, you know, I've seen a few things in my lifetime. Yeah, we, we've talked about... You, you, you shared a few stories uh, with me, actually. Um, I know you told me about, about the... Uh, Skinwalker Ranch? No, you were in, like, the gym or something like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was the auditorium. Okay. Actually. Yeah, like a big stage in my high school, and I had a encounter with a ghost. Not a bad one. It was it was a nice one. Mm. But uh, <clears throat> but no, man. Like uh, like I said, I have no problem with paranormal. It's just that yeah. uh, it's just that much like how there are bad slashers, mm. and I, that's the thing. I, I uh, that's before I move go on with that. Um, I have quite a few few uh film friends who just don't like horror films, which to me that's unfortunate because horror is one of my favorite genres. And then they're like, horror is just bad. But that's the problem. They're watching bad horror. Mm-hmm. Just like how there's bad romance films. There's people who love, love that they're romance films. There's bad romance films. Just like there's bad action films. Uh, John Wick is a good example of great action. Mad Max is a good example of great action. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, Rambo, the newest one, is a good example of bad action. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And so it's, and so it's, it's like there's good and bad in each genre. You can't just condemn it because they're all the same. Uh, but but like but like I said, uh, I do like paranormal, um, mm-hmm. but I prefer slasher. Anyway, like I said, I treated myself to watching Hereditary, the best horror film of 2018. <clears throat> I saw Hereditary when it first uh, uh, dropped in theaters last year. I dug it. It was late at night, but I still dug it. Anyway, yesterday I watched it, full of energy, fresh new eyes. My second uh, walkthrough, and I gotta say, I have much much more. 
uh, of of appreciation and respect for the film. My mm. second uh, watch a uh, walkthrough than I did my my uh, my first time through. Yeah, my my first time was pretty stressful and everything. Yeah. Like, did you see it in theaters? Yeah, I saw okay. it in theaters <clears throat> okay. with my friend, and it was pretty bad for him too because like he he just started like like almost to the point of hyperventilating. Like I was almost there, but not not quite there. But yeah, I was yeah. Like, uh, and I had a similar experience with uh, Midsummer, even Ooh. though I knew, you know, what this movie was gonna be like. Directed by the same guy. Yeah, and it's still like, <laughs> like, like you did was, that to yourself, Amy. Yeah, there was points in the movie where I was just like looking at the screen in in horror, like not not terror, because right. terror is when you're anticipating something. Mm-hmm. Horror is when you're just looking upon something, mm-hmm. and it was it wasn't necessarily how grotesque it was. It was just all the emotions swirling around in this bowl that the director's been making and he's been tossing new ingredients into it and he's stirring it up and you feel like it's going to spill constantly through the whole movie that's yeah. that's how i would describe it and it was i don't know which one i like better honestly i was actually so it's kind of funny i was actually going to ask you that because i don't know if i told you this Amen, but i actually have not seen midsummer and yeah, i, I really wanted to see it uh, especially when I found out it was it was the homie who did uh, Ari Ayers. What's his name? Ari Aston. Ari Aston. I'm so sorry if I flawed at that man's name, but great director. He's only done like two films, and I heard they they both great. Uh, Hereditary, I dug, and like I said, I want to see Midsummer. I saw the trailer, and I like the actors that are involved in Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, uh, before we this is on the subject of uh, of actors, dude. I want to back up to the the actress that plays the mom in Hereditary, Tony. Colette. Tony Collette, uh, dude, that that was a performance for the ages. Yeah, bro, like, she brought the heat in that film. Her, and particularly her face, like mm-hmm. it goes through so many drastic expressions, like it's crazy. Yeah, the 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 overwhelming amount of um, emotion you get from her just from subtle facial expressions or not so subtle facial expressions. Yeah, very not. Yeah, subtle. Um, is is great, and I thought that was an amazing performance. Uh, for her in that film, unfortunately, uh, horror films rarely ever get get noticed for their performances. Yeah, I when the Oscars were coming around last year, I was really hoping that somebody would get something for that movie. Yeah, dude, Hereditary was oh, it, it's 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 not hyperbole to say that uh, it's not hyperbole to say that that film was Oscar bound. It it should have it it should have gotten. But me and you talked about this the, the Oscars. Uh, last year, uh, in particular, was kind of a shit show. So yeah, it was. Yeah, me and my friend watched the Oscars the year before, mm-hmm. and we were happy with it. Oh yeah, I was I was okay with with with, with uh, the year before. So, yeah, I, I mean there was just like all the reward uh, awards for uh, Dunkirk, which were expected. You yeah, know, like it got way too many for me. Yeah. Dunkirk had had some good sound edit uh, so- sound editing. Uh, but um yeah but yeah I know I know it, it, want a bit too much. I, Oscars love no, the Oscars love Nolan man. Nolan could write a the do a movie about a, about about a toothpick and it's still <laughs> um, uh but but anyway um so back on uh to to Hereditary, I honestly gotta gotta come clean to you some man and, um Hereditary, in my opinion, might have one of the strongest final acts. One of the the best well directed, one of the best directed final acts I've ever seen in a horror film. Like yeah, it, like it that like that final act was insane, man. Like I remember uh, one time I was at a theater and I heard the movie going on and it was towards the end, right? Which I found out later, and I I heard the ending. Uh, I mean, I guess spoilers, but they were saying. Hail Payman. Mm-hmm. I thought they were saying Hail Ayman. <laughs> and I was like, what? He was like, I gotta see this movie. Hail Ayman. <laughs> but yeah, it was Payman. Yeah. Oh, and looked up Payman later and everything, what that was all about. Yeah. So I, I did a little bit of research on Payman as well. And it's kind of funny that we're on that because uh, this film, this horror film, for horror film, I like, I like, this film has a lot of layers. I like me a horror film or let alone any film with layers. Like onions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ogres have layers. Ogres. <laughs> Donkey, but uh, but yeah, man, I, I love me, um, I love me a good horror film with some layers. Uh, it 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 just makes it just brings you back, and um, uh, this film has a very rewatchable uh quality about it. I wasn't sure of that because after I saw it, I'm like, I don't know if I want to see that again. <laughs> like that was well, 
But now I want to see. Luckily for you, I went back and rewatched it for us. So you're you're living vicariously through me. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I want to watch. I'm it. here to tell you that that it was worth going back through. The scariest scene in the movie for me, there's two that stand out, mm-hmm. is the scene towards the beginning when you see the grandma in the corner of the room. Yes. And then the scene where she's looking through the scrapbook mm-hmm. of photos of them like dumping like gold coins or whatever on yeah, the grandma, yeah. just like because it's just. Ugh. Colts freak me out. Yeah. Like, because, I don't know, it's just, yeah, it just gives me the chills. Yeah. Like, that's one of the things, I guess cult movies are, like, the scariest thing to me. Like, not the overdone ones where, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's all crazy and there's, like, not the bees! <gasps> <laughs> Sorry, that was a uh, Wick, Wicker Man Nicolas Cage reference. It's funny that you bring that up because I like the original Wicker Man. Yeah, the original Wicker Man was the shit, man. It's very, uh. If you're expecting a crazy, insane cult movie, you're going to be a little disappointed because it's it's a very slow movie mm-hmm. and not too much happens. But that, that's, that's what's yeah. good about it. But no, um, how, as far as simu- similarities go, uh, would you say Hereditary and, and Midsummer are really similar or drastically different? Or they share a lot of similarities, but their executions on each are different? What, 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 what can you give me for me to go off of? They're spiritual sequels, I'd say. Okay. Um, it might bother some people how similar they are, but to me, it was like, it's more of the thing I already liked. Mm-hmm. So I'm not complaining. It has similar themes, different relationships. Like, it doesn't have that family element as much. It's... Uh, um, it's it's got like trauma as a theme in it. I think that's gonna be a a reoccurring theme with this director. Okay. Um, and it's of course got like cults and everything. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, can yeah, tell yeah. by the trailer and everything, but it's um it's different though. Like you, you can't expect the same movie. Right, right. And to me, it's like because Midsummer's a very bright movie right visually right. and Midsummer or uh, hereditary is more more it's got gray. a lot of grays a lot of there. gray and I, I remember particularly a lot of dark scenes with lights mm-hmm. and like a very yellowish glow kind of yeah. to it so it has more of a nighttimeish yeah. vibe to it so it's like they're two sides of a coin and it's like the perfect double feature although if you watch them both in one day it might fuck you up you know okay uh, yeah. Well, I will not do that. So, but I really want to see Midsummer. As a matter of fact, after this podcast, your boy is probably going to Google when it's coming out on DVD. And if it is already on DVD, then I might go rent it, and I might have you watch it with me, so I don't have to cry by myself. Um, movie. They, oh, what's up? Oh, I was just gonna say they brought it back to theaters for extended edition. God damn it, nigga! Why'd you tell me? I did. Okay, all right. Maybe you did, and I just didn't listen. All right, but no, yo. A fun fact about Hereditary is that I found I found out that Alex Wolf, our boy who plays Peter in Hereditary, the son, mm-hmm. he is the younger brother to, to the actor Nat Wolf. Alex Wolf is the younger brother to Nat Wolf, who sadly is now kind of popular for playing the character of Light in the, the live-action anime uh, Netflix adaptation of Death Note. That poor guy. Yeah. And you know what sucks is that Nat Wolf is actually an, an, an actually okay actor. Mm-hmm. But, oh, dude, he's, he's now mostly known for, for Death Note. But I, he, 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 he's, he's, grow, he's growing every year as an actor. I'm pretty sure sooner or later he'll, people forget about it and he'll do a great performance that'll make people forget about it. Much like Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah with with uh, Twilight and stuff, so. But uh, but now, nah, man, what's, what's crazy is that I found out Alex Wolf, actor that plays Peter, is related to Nat Wolf. I found out prior to rewatching Hereditary. So every time uh, Alex Wolf did one of his crazy expressions due to some of the shit that was going on, mm-hmm. I kept seeing some of Alex, some of uh, Nat Wolf's face, facial expressions from Death Note. And I was like, oh, God, and I couldn't see it. Oh, oh that, that would... Am I yeah, ruining it? Yeah, yeah, so it kind of ruined it. So if you haven't seen the Death Note live action movie, don't do it. Because okay, yeah. they're brothers. They obviously look like, dude, they have a lot of facial similarities. But oh, Alex Wolf, like me and you talked about earlier, he's kind of dark-skinned. I thought he was like, I don't know. I thought he, I, but it turns out he's white. Yeah, he's just. Yeah, my yeah. friend told me that in the movie. I'm like, nah, uh, what? <laughs> He, he was in some Nickelodeon show. I can't remember. What yeah, I think it's called the Something Brothers. Uh, oh, the Naked Brothers. Yeah, Naked Brothers. <laughs> That's them. Yeah. It's a very misleading title. It is. <laughs> I mean, good thing. Yeah. Kids show. Yeah. If I directed that show, then oh. whoa. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Whoa. It'd be about being my brother. We'd have been. We'd have been um, tree huggers. 
Um, or something. I don't know. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, my, my man Ammon, earlier I mentioned uh, David Gordon Green, who directed uh, 2018's uh, Halloween. Uh-huh. Well, um, uh, he's he's a director where basically him, uh, David Gordon Green and uh, producer slash director Todd Phillips, uh, they both share something in common. Uh David Gordon Green is a uh, he he they both made drastic changes in their film career. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, David Gordon Green uh, went from being a longtime collaborator of of with his his comedic friends like uh, Danny McBride, um, Seth Rogen, and whatnot, and he 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 went from doing films like Pineapple Express, Your Highness, and The, the Sitter and Prince Avalanche, mm-hmm. uh, to doing extremely bleak films like Joe Stronger. And uh, Manglehorn with uh, Al Pacino. Uh-huh. And uh, our boy Todd Phillips went from doing films like Due Date and the Hangover Trilogy to now The Joker. Yeah. And speaking of The Joker, my man Amster, Amsterdam, I want to know what you think of The Joker, good and bad and whatnot. But before we hear your thoughts on The Joker entirely, I got to let the people at home hear a few words about my sponsor. So, let's get it. All right, my man. Amsterdam, Sam and Ammon, Ammon the Fish. Uh, dude, I got to know, what were me and you both saw the Joker together. Mm-hmm. We got an early show of it last night. What were your thoughts on the Joker, directed by Todd Phillips? Well, um, I wasn't sure coming out of it. There was a lot to take in and everything. Oh, yeah. Um... There's a lot I like about it. Um, a lot of weird decisions, I'd say. Creatively? Yeah, creatively. A lot of weird decisions. Uh, the movie's kind of juggling its uh, like tone a little bit with like very over-the-top scenes and very subtle scenes. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and it just had some plot points that I didn't get the point of, like we were talking about with uh, his, his girlfriend... Right. If we're getting into spoilers, uh, I mean, I understood why it was there, but I just, you know, it didn't seem necessary. Like, you could have cut it out and it wouldn't make too much of a difference, you know? I mean, I just didn't think him imagining her was necessary. Right. I think him, like, I think if she, like, kind of unintentionally led him on and then that led to a conclusion like that, that would have been fine. I just think him imagining her was just kind of. Yeah, and then they did the exact same, like, shot thing as Fight Club, where it showed all the scenes where he was talking to her. Yeah. And unlike Fight Club, where when I first saw Fight Club, I was still surprised by that. I actually fell out of my chair yeah. I was sitting in at the time. Like, it was a wheelchair, and I was like, whoa! Yeah, the, the main ca- character came off as completely stable. He had a, he had a great job. He was just going through a, a rough time in it life. It wasn't a great job. Well, yeah, he, well, j- compared to some, some, but... Um, he, he had an okay job. Oh, wait, you're talking about Fight Club? Fight Club, yeah. Okay, I thought yeah. you were talking about the Joker. I'm like, yeah. hell no, that wasn't yeah. a good the, job. The main character in Fight Club came off as, as completely stable, um, at least until the the end, at least. And so when, I, so when the shocker comes out that he, uh, a lot of the stuff was all in his head, mm-hmm. you're shocked. While, like, the talk of mental instability was always there yeah. in, in, in the Joker. And so it's so it's, so you're right. It is kind of odd that, that they waited that late to do that kind of reveal. But one thing that I brought up as like kind of an, a counter argument is that the, maybe the reason they prolonged that is because uh, they wanted you. This is an Arthur Fleck film. This is you're you're getting in his mind. So maybe they wanted you to experience it uh, the way he he did it. Like he, it, it, as soon as the basically as soon as the 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 rug was pulled underneath him, uh, he felt a lot of it felt a lot of a tonal whiplash, and he wanted you to feel that as well. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a third act reveal, but it wasn't. Okay. It was like midway through the movie, and then the movie kept on going on, and then he had another, but felt like a third act, mm-hmm. like fall, like, you know, fall from grace kind of thing. Right. So it felt like, and she was never mentioned again. No. If she had some kind of conclusion near the end of the story in relation to Arthur, it would make sense to me. But it kind of just, like, he finds out, you know, that whole thing was, wasn't real, and then he moves on, nothing, she never comes up again. It just felt weird. For... Okay, so 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 for me, um, I think I think one thing I kind of got out of it as to why they they maybe waited 
to to deal all that damage is because uh this story is basically the beatdown of Arthur Fleck and uh-huh. and until he sub- submits and he basically it's more than that but like one of the many things that's happening in this film is that this man's taking a beating from mm-hmm. life and I th- I think uh, creatively the director just wanted to have a moment where multiple things just keep hitting him and keep hitting him yeah yeah I can understand that I just think the execution was kind of sloppy and I would I, I I would agree on that this this film um, as much as I loved it, which I did love, is not without its flaws. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I brought this up earlier, but it's, you know, if you haven't seen Taxi Driver, you know, it's, you know, it has very many similarities. Like, it's the skeleton of the story, I right. would say, is yeah. the, the plot of Taxi Driver. Yeah, yeah. The, this film definitely drew in a lot of inspiration from that film. And just Scorsese in general. Yeah, I mean, shit, Robert De Niro's in this movie. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, and um, I, I gotta ask you, so so, what are some of the positives, or it was positives that, that you took away from this film, and, and did you have any shockers while watching this film? Um... Anything that surprised you? Well, I remember I saw early reviews for this movie, and they talked about how brutal it was. So, honestly, I was expecting it to be more brutal. brutal. Right. That's another thing I wanted to bring with you. This film actually wasn't 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 that brutal or, or brutal at all, really. Like, dude, it was it was pretty brutal. They, it, it was, but what I'm saying is, there are there are literally superhero films that that are just as brutal. Yeah, that show just yeah. as much violence. Like, am I not wrong? Like, it, yeah, I feel it, like there was a few lines where they beat around the bush on certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was implied that uh, Arthur was, like, raped as a child mm-hmm. with the radiator and everything. Yeah. And I thought they should have just at least just said it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're already in this, this movie. You might as well just say what happened, you know? Just give us a full gut punch. I mean, not saying that, like, every movie shouldn't, you know, be tasteful or anything. I, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, maybe it'd be more tasteful to just say it. Because I felt like they were beating around the bush with that and, like, a few other things... You know, I, there's a lot of movies that are like trying to show this brutal portrait and they hold back a little bit. But I'm thinking, you know, go, go all in, you know, mm-hmm. you can be tasteful and be, you know, brutal as possible. I think the, the, there, there are certain moments, um, uh, the, the, there are certain moments where I definitely think, uh, directors should, should show and don't tell. I mean, this is a, this is film. It's a visual medium. Uh, but with that being said though, um, some sometimes just speaking of an atrocity is uh w- w- um, works better. Yeah. Uh, it's worse than showing. Yeah, yeah. Um, in in Joker, it's it's a rated R film, and we're already at the end of the film, and we already see how brutal the world has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe they just should have should have just said it. Yeah. Now, if it was at the beginning of the film, and and we're still trying to wait till things get worse and worse, you know, maybe maybe just just talk. Talk around it, but this is the end of the film, man. Arthur's already kind of. There's a lot of like standout scenes for me. Uh, the scene where he's talking with Thomas Wayne in the bathroom, mm-hmm. I thought was exceptional. Yes, yes. Um, I thought the last shot was very good. Of yeah. Him running back and forth like a Looney Tunes character. Yeah. You know, in the asylum, and then it has the fancy. Yeah. text and everything I thought that was a perfect dude I love that scene dude I had like this it was weird like even though it had a very uh, somber ending and sad ending it I uh, somehow I was smiling at that that, that ending because he kind of he that was when he kind of felt like like Joker he kind of but I mm-hmm. also have to say for me the biggest shocker in this film mm-hmm. was how many awesome shots there were like I'd never expected Todd Phillips the director of the Hangover trilogy to able to find so many cool, intimate, badass, amazing shots. Like, dude, I think the standout shot for me, there's this shot of uh, of Arthur uh, right before, you know, he's getting ready to go on stage with uh, De Niro. And there's uh, he's, he's sitting there smoking a cigarette and it's the slow close up. And it's, it's amazing. I absolutely love it. There's all these colors that the, the curtains are behind him. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely love the entire curtain segment. Um, but another scene I really like is uh, a scene that takes place uh, after um, some killings on a, on a train, and Arthur's dancing in the in the uh, bathroom. Yeah, I I, I kind of dug that. I kind of I like that, that scene, but I feel like it was premature. Premature, like, okay. Like I feel like that would it, it would make sense later in the movie than after just the first shooting. Mm-hmm. 
But like I remember seeing that scene in the trailer, and I you know I loved the shot and everything of him mm -hmm. and the way he dances and everything. But I do feel like it was premature. Okay. For the build up, like it just kind of boom and then that and it, it just didn't feel well timed to me i i really like the shot though and the scene itself but i do feel it was a bit premature i i see i i didn't see it as premature i saw it as uh the moment when when arthur uh crossed over uh cr crossed over but us as us as the us as, as the audience um uh didn't nece didn't necessarily like okay so so basically after the murders happened and he dances uh, Arthur gained a, uh, an abundance of confidence after that, right? Mm -hmm. he, he went to go kiss the girl, but then that confidence would ultimately, because that confidence would ultimately lead to his demise, because, mm -hmm. uh, who, you know, he, he gained a shit ton of um, self, self, self confidence after murdering people. Like, that's, that's not good. And that's when his hallucinations be, uh, became hi, uh, hyper real, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's when he started uh, um, thinking that he, he, was, he was with someone that he wasn't. And, yeah. and that's when shit really got bad for him. I mean, granted, it was self-defense. Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. But uh, but, but for, for, for me, I, I dug it. I didn't really see it as, say, uh, premature. Um, but as far as similarities with Taxi Driver, yeah, the, 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 there's, there's plenty of that. There's lots of, like, big scene in Taxi Driver is when he tips the TV over mm -hmm. with his foot. I saw lots of scenes like that or scenes that I thought, oh, they're going to do that thing yeah that, that point in the movie where he's you know gone in the scene where he's posing with the gun yeah very reminiscent but um yeah uh but yeah the thomas wayne scene was good uh all the i liked the way they did the violence it wasn't like i was expecting maybe they do over the top shots where like they have a shot of him shooting in slow motion yeah yeah right? but it was all just like you know the person gets shot and killed within the same shot most of the time yeah like when he shoots de niro it's just like you know and it's like whoa like you, you subconsciously think for a second that he actually just shot him yeah and it's, it helps that it's like filmed on a talk show you know but yeah i mean there i mean uh there's a lot of things that i was expecting in the movie like because with the girl the second she said like you were following me the other day and then she's like like, you know, and she wasn't mad about it. I'm like, oh, this isn't real. Yeah. So I never bought that. And mm -hmm. they established earlier that he has these little fantasies, like when he was on the talk show in his dream at the mm -hmm. beginning. Yeah. So maybe if that... But... but if, if they <clears throat> tricked me, maybe I would enjoy that aspect better. But mm -hmm. there's a few instances like that where I was expecting something to happen, and then it happened, mm -hmm. and it was played off like it was a surprise. Right. And and this is and this is just me playing devil's advocate. Um... Uh, you could argue. Um, you could argue that um, that 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 for audience members like me and you, like me and you, will pick that shit up real quick. Like, yeah. We'll, 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 but but like, but like, if, if we're looking at average movie going audiences, some people may not get that. They they they, they, may, they may not have not have connected the dots on that. And they're like, oh, you know, Arthur's actually got something cute kind of going for him. And so, I, I, dude, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a movie and then apparently I saw something. Have coming miles away long before anyone else they ever did. I played Persona Four and knew who the villain was literally in the first like, cup uh, maybe hour 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 or so of the game, and I was like, I was I was basically waiting. I mean, for, for them to say that he was the killer and he was. I mean, there's things I don't pick up on too. Right. Like, you know, when I said earlier, Fight Club. You mm -hmm. know, I was surprised, and there's like a few others where everyone said, "Oh, that was so obvious," and I didn't pick up on it. Mm -hmm. But when I saw Zootopia, like I remember seeing it with like a group of family members, and they didn't I'm like. They didn't pick up on the metaphors at all mm -hmm. in that movie, and I thought the metaphors were a little ham-fisted, honestly. <laughs> like, uh, so you know, it's funny. You know, it's funny. Sorry, I, 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 it, it, Zootopia. It, this, it, I don't think the idea of that is funny. It's just interesting to me because, like, I I like Zootopia, mm -hmm. uh, and I like some of the ideas uh, that that it had in it, and I think it's one of the more interesting uh, Disney films to come out in a while. But yeah, I definitely would agree with you that some of the stuff in it was pretty hand fisty, and so it's kind of odd that like that like that, that for, it's kind of odd for me who obviously analyzes films mm -hmm. that someone didn't pick up on it. But I yeah. could see how an average moviegoer uh, wouldn't necessarily pick up on some of those allegories that would pop up. Yeah, the thing was sorry to go off topic, but Zootopia is a little weird. I like the movie mm -hmm. in itself, but I think the message is a little weird because if you're just looking at it purely as of its animals, mm -hmm. then it's kind of odd. Because, like, basically, 
there's the uh, the predators and everything, and like the whole thing is that they're all oh, they're gonna eat everybody. But I'm like, well, so does that mean they're they've domesticated them and they're not being their true selves? I guess, and that's good. I I don't know. I think it's a little weird. It like, is. It is. Like if you look at Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is about everybody coming to the opposite realization. Which is a which is a very underrated film. Yeah, that that movie's amazing. And that movie, they're all domesticated animals, and then right. by the end, they give into their true nature and they right. start becoming like animals, and they accept. You know, they they give into that. So that movie's purely about, you know, its surface level thing, which is a good thing. I yeah. think. Because it's purely about animals being animals. And Zootopia, obviously, it, it wasn't about animals, no, I think. No. And I, I don't know. I mean, I like Zootopia, but like, I definitely just think its its logic is a little weird, but good movie. Yeah. Um, with, with that said, though... Uh, Zootopia does have some of my some of my more fi- mem- some of the more memorable c- characters in a Disney film for me in recent in recent Disney films. Yeah, they're like 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 Nick Wilder was amazing. Like my boy, uh, oh, I'm forgetting my boy's name right now. Um, from uh, Arrested Development, shit. Anyway, uh, he was amazing as the character Nick and mm-hmm. uh, Judy. Judy was her even Judy's uh, uh play 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 off each other. Was, yeah, that was, was, was really great. good. It was cute, but um. Back to Joker. Back to Joker. Uh, if you had to, um, so uh, my biggest surprises with the film of the films were I didn't expect Forever to be as beautiful as it was. Um, and certain there's there's many great shots that I dug. Um, he was able to to make certain scenes feel so intimate. Uh-huh. Um, another shocker was that I was expecting it to be way more violent than it actually was. After seeing it, I'm kind of like questioning questioning certain people's. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, this will probably be the last time I'll, I'll let like some snobby critics say, "Oh, this movie's too violent," and 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 they try and like make some kind of controversy out of it because there are films out there in mainstream media that are way more uh, brutal than than this film was. Yeah, I I think the main, uh, I mean, this movie's already bubbling up controversy. Yeah, and people on Twitter are, like dragging it to hell. Yeah. Um, over numerous things, stuff think, stuff that the directors said, stuff that's in the film. They think it's going to, they think it's depicting the Joker as a hero or something, right. or some kind of role model. Which, if if you've seen the movie and you think he's a hero, then you know you're you got something wrong with you. Yeah, that, that that says something about you because like if you see the film, that's not what it's about. It's dude, this mm-hmm. man. There's this man. Who basically it, the, this, one of the things I got from this film is that it's about responsibility. Everyone plays a role in 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 what could happen to a, to a to a young person who's yeah. just kind of just abandoned. Yeah, I was very surprised by the scene where he killed his mother with the pillow. Right, I thought that was a good scene and everything, and it was a sign of him taking control of his life. Yeah, because. Through most of the movie, he's a victim. Yes, and he's finally you know pushing back and everything, and that's like the main journey of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's and it's kind of interesting uh, that that his mother uh, he he had the most intimate relationship with his mother, and the way he killed her was probably the most intimate kill I'd probably say in yeah. the film. That was that's he he was yeah. But um, it's funny that you bring that up because I was talking with someone the other day about how the most intimate way to kill somebody is strangling. Them. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, pill you know, pillows, pretty intimate too. But yeah. yeah, any murder that involves hands in film language, yeah. you know, is very it's, impactful. Yes, yes, most definitely. Uh, but my man Ammon, if you had the if if you're a teacher and you're watching a student present this film to you and you had to give it a letter grade, what letter grade would you give Joker? Um. Uh, letter grade um from f being the worst oh, um, and then and then uh sr f being the worst and then a plus being the very best um well if it's a student then definitely an a you know because I, I mean if it was a student film i'd say well i'm just saying if you, if you had to throw a letter grade on this film you're a critic you're being paid um, to let audience know how good this film is, I, how I mean, would you grade it? Man, and I, I know, I know you seeing Taxi Driver 
uh, hindering is hindering a bit of your enjoyment of this film. Yeah, because it, it it mirrors it a lot, and right. you can like Taxi Driver is a little more subtle and nuanced with certain things. Oh yeah, but it's, it's Scorsese, baby. It's kind of hard to compare a director yeah. who did comedy most of his life to one of the goats, one of the greatest of all time directors. Yeah, I would give it a B plus. Okay, okay. I mean, if it was like a student, then an A, but. Mm-hmm. As it stands right now, I'd give it a B plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely like what it's trying to do and everything. I think it succeeds most of the time, but I, I do think there's definitely faults with it. Um, uh, but I definitely did buy that Joaquin Phoenix was a you know a mentally disturbed person, right? And they didn't try to romanticize him at all. No, nope, they didn't. He wasn't an attractive. Well, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is attractive. You know, yeah, yeah. Not not particular in this movie, but like he wasn't an attractive. You want crazy. me to give Joaquin Phoenix your digits? So you can <laughs> well, no, if, you, if you have them. <laughs> no, but like he wasn't an attractive killer. He wasn't Loki. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't the sexy psychopath yeah, that yeah. we we get so often nowadays. Right, right. I think, and I, I like that because um, you know, and it's not like I mean. A few of the Jokers we've had in the past have been, like, you know, a little romanticized, but mm-hmm. it's never been in bad taste or anything, because it was never, like, Jack Nicholson, for example, he's, I think he was, you know, romanticized a little bit, but, like, he's a, he's a kind of a goofy villain. Yeah. He still, like, does, he kills a bunch of people, but, like, you know, it was enjoyable, and, like, he was a great villain and everything, but, like, when you have, like, a villain who does these, like, kind of grimy, realistic acts, you know, and he's mm-hmm. romanticized, it feels hokey. So there's, you know, the Joker. This is definitely one of the more realistic approaches to him. Yeah, I, yeah. I overall thought this was a great uh, character piece. Mm-hmm. Um, as a uh, and 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 uh, the performance and the, the 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 direction was everything there was 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 it. I was there for the moment, and I love the ride. Excuse me, I love the ride. Now, with that said. This film was far from perfect. Far from perfect. Yeah, what are uh, some of your um, nitpicks, would you say? Or, uh, or more than nitpicks? I, 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 actually, I actually have to agree with, with, with a lot of things you said. Mostly throughout the review, I was just kind of trying to play devil's advocate. Um, just, just to see how someone else could, 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 uh, could see it. But um, uh, so, some, some of my gripes come from... Um, what's interesting is that um, right before things ramped up, there's this odd slowdown, and I felt like the, uh, this film was very concise, but I feel like they still could have trimmed some parts out. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into specifics, uh, too many specifics, but there's the bit of the film where like I was like, you guys can cut some of this out. I, and I don't mind slow burns. I actually love a good slow burn. Hell, Ad Astra is a very slow burn-based uh, mm-hmm. film, but I still dug it. Um but uh, yeah, I still felt like there was more than more they could have trimmed out, and I felt like there are a few things that could have been a bit more poignant. But I, the, like I said, that that that's pretty much for another time. Uh, if I had to grade this bad boy, I probably would give it the same grade you did. I'd give it a B plus, or maybe an A minus because. It, yeah, I could see an A minus. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm probably gonna stick with the B plus because isn't it isn't it's an amazing movie. Uh, sorry, it's 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 an amazing movie with an even better perf- uh, performance from 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 its uh, its lead character. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but w- once again, though, if you want to film, uh, like uh, like the Joker, man, just go watch Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. It's Scorsese <laughs> sucks, but I hate to say this, but Scorsese did it better. But like I said, it's it's not Todd Phillips' fault. Todd Phillips is 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 a fine director, but you know what I'm saying he can't expect to beat. You can't, you know, you can't make a film similar to Scorsese and expect it to be better. Yeah. You know, like, you, you kind of just got to do your own thing, you know? Yeah. Not, it's not it's with, like, not fair. You yeah, know? It's, it's really not. And I, I hate trying to put that pressure on Todd Phillips, Joaquin Phoenix, and all of them. Yeah. But if I'm, comp- it, yeah. If, if, I'm, if I'm talking about films like this, Taxi Driver did it better. But this, this is an amazing film. Uh, so, I got to ask you, would you recommend this film? Yeah, I would, I would recommend it. I mean... Depends on the person, really. Yeah, I agree. It definitely depends on the person. I know there's a lot of Joker fans who might not like it. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's not... They want a particular thing out of their Joker movie. Yeah. So, much like how... Chris, so, for me, this is how I see it. Much like how Christopher Nolan's Batman films were basically political dramas that featured Batman, mm-hmm. uh, this Joker film um, is 
kind of kind of in, in in that same realm. It's it's a character portrait film that happens to be set in the Batman universe, and it's loosely only loosely tied to them. Right? It could have just been clown yeah, movie. Yeah, it could it could have been. As a matter of fact, I heard some people argue that this film should should have just been called Arthur. You know, but yeah. but but you know whatever. But I mean, I think your relationship to the characters Char- helps with the resonation for it. Like, yeah. when you take a character that like everyone knows, like Batman and the Joker are almost like literature characters. Like I'd say they are right. Really. Like you know, like like famous characters like Peter Pan or Tom Sawyer or something. You know, because so it's like when you reinvent like a fairy tale cre- uh, character. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, everyone knows them. And it's relying on your knowledge of the character to carry it. So I think since these characters have been around for so long, it's it's like that. Mm-hmm. And that helps with the resonance. So I would argue that, you know, it, it should be called Joker, but mm-hmm. it could not be. And it would be, you know, it'd be a good movie still. Yeah. I think you definitely depend on that resonance. And that comes into play with, the, you know, Bruce Wayne in the movie. Yeah. Who, it, it, it lingers on that a lot and dude you know what I, you know what I like that was interesting about the what they did with uh, with um, Thomas Wayne in this film Thomas Wayne isn't a horrible guy no he he's just but but you could get how someone could think he's a horrible guy like yeah. um and like it's it's interesting how how they did it and I thought that was that was good because like no one really tr- it's sometimes it's really hard to put your trust in politicians man let's just say that like, yeah like, and this, and that definitely comes into play in this film. So you kind of you kind of uh, sympathize with Arthur to a degree. Some of his views, you're like, really, mom? He's going to help us? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And, <laughs> and then there's uh, yeah, and he still gets in front of his wife in the shooting. Yeah, like, he's still like a good guy. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Boy, uh, and oh, don't get me started on that chilling shot at the end with Bruce. Well, every shot that they show of Bruce standing there over his parents is chilling. But I, I, I liked how how this was done. I liked how it was done. A lot of people are gonna think this is gonna lead into the Robert Pattinson Batman, and movie. it's not. It's not connected I, at all. I wouldn't think it would yeah. be. As, as 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 a matter of fact, I thought about for, if they did, and I'm like, that'd be weird. Yeah. As a matter of fact, from from what what I understand, uh, uh, one of one, one of the many things that led to this film actually getting made was 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 the well, one the smaller budget, mm-hmm. and you could definitely tell that this is a smaller budget film, and it you could definitely tell that they blew all their budget on the last twenty minutes of the film. Yeah, the anarchy, and everything. <laughs> yeah, the entire ape shit that goes. Oh God, they went crazy, bro. Um, but yeah, I could see a lot of people thinking that this is going to lead into a movie. I don't think it is, but. I don't know. Like, if they did, he wouldn't the Joker be a lot older, though? Yeah, like I... Batman was. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but who knows, you know? Yeah. I don't know, maybe... Yeah, cause, Depends on how this movie does, really. Yeah, like, yeah. If it does, like, exceptionally it's, well, then they here's the thing. Here's, here's why I don't think it will, but there's always a chance. But here's why I don't think it, think why it will. Joaquin Phoenix, he he likes to do his projects, come and go as he pleases, right? Yeah, so he's like an the, Edward Norton. It, yeah, yeah. And uh, and, Wa- that was, and Joaquin Phoenix was the first person Marvel Studios approached to play Doctor Strange. Because mm-hmm. they, they knew he could give a very nuanced performance in a, in a strange film. Um, and while Joaquin Phoenix was down with it, but what he wasn't down down with was, was the lengthy contract mm-hmm. he'd be he'd be uh, he'd have to do. Yeah. So, and and so and so it's like, and I'm I'm not saying Warner Brothers or DC is gonna is gonna make him have to commit to anything that extreme to like a Marvel contract. But what I'm saying is, if if you agree to to being the Joker in in, a, in another Batman film, then either he's gonna have to die off in the next film, or. He's he's gonna have to be connected in the universe somehow, man. Because we got the Harley Quinn movie going out, and we just had the Jared Leto film. How is that gonna work? I don't know. I like, mean, or unless the, unless Harley Quinn is not even gonna matter in the Robert Pattinson film. It, either way, man. Um, I dug Joker. Uh, great movie, B plus film. Mm-hmm. Um, me and you both both liked it. We have our small gripes with it, but I think people should definitely see it. Yeah, I, I do want to move on into the final topic of discussion today, which is actually not the Joker, surprisingly. Oh, yeah. So. Um, I wanted to ask you, my man. So there's an anime you you really really like uh-huh. called um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Crap Galleon Neon Genesis. Crap, yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Neon Genesis, uh, Evangelion, and um, and how 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 would you you describe the series to you? How how much does it mean to you? Um, it means a lot to me. Uh, it it helped me in high school, like a uh, pretty. 
pretty low point in my life. Okay. So there's that and everything. And honestly, it wasn't like anything I had ever seen in my life and nothing has come close to it in my, my view, especially, I mean, you said before you haven't seen the end of Ava. Yeah. We should definitely have a discussion when you see it. Yeah. So, so I have seen the end of the, of the, the original anime series. I just haven't seen the, uh, yeah, the movie called end of Ava. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, Ava, you know, originally I I can't remember what made me want to watch it. I think I saw like a photo from it and it intrigued me. So I watched it and I just heard it was good. And, um, good is an understatement. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and at first, I'm like, oh, this is kind of a plain old robot show, you know. Uh, and, of course, I, w- I was pretty young at the time. But then when it really got into it, I really, like, was seeing all these things. And I knew that I didn't understand everything. Right. But I knew that, like, something really important is happening here. And then, like, so I, with me understanding it more over time, it's gotten better. Right. And everything. And, um, and, every, and I've just... I don't know. There's so much to appreciate about it. Like, I, what... I, I definitely agree. And it's kind of interesting that you said you saw an image of it that, that got you interested. Uh, because, like, the imagery in Evangelion is ast- amazing. Like, dude, mm-hmm. like, I swear, like, every other shot is, is, could, could be, like, a desktop picture. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of funny. Uh, um, one of the first times me and you sat down and watched Ava together, you're like, oh, there's this shot in episode uh, one or two where like the blood splatters and it goes black and white like I love that shot and I was like bam we get that shot and I was like yeah it's yeah, amazing but I wanted to talk to you Am, and um, me and you are probably going to be talking about the series Ava for for quite a while together but one thing I wanted to talk to you is uh, do you have a favorite episode of Ava? Um, I don't know I mean first time I watched it I watched it in the space of three days so they kind of blend together but okay. there's I really like, I think the episode's called Ray 3. Okay. And that's the episode where you find out Ray is a clone. Okay, okay. Uh, you could put a spoiler warning on the video. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll probably do that. Yeah, I'll do but, that. But, um, yeah, I think that episode's really good, and it has the breakdown of uh, Ritsuko mm-hmm. and everything. And Ritsuko's relationship with Gendo and Ray is just very messed up, but very human, very... Uh, very tragic all the all the intricate webs of relationships like the relationships it's, of it's, Ava are the webbing that holds it together right right and it's interesting that, that you said that it's very human and very tragic tragic uh, excuse me um because like uh it initially um when i when i when i first met ray i was like she came off as anything but human she came off as very like robotic and uh but nah man ray's actually one of the Oh, every character in Ava, well, every of the every every all of the leads are very interesting. Mm-hmm. Gendo is like a favorite. I wouldn't say he's my favorite character, but he, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many good characters in Ava, and a lot of them are just finished. Like their characters are like completed so well mm-hmm. in the end of Ava movie. Like Gendo's conclusion to his character is amazing to me. I, I haven't seen it, Davis, so don't be dropping no spoilers on me, my man. I'm not talking, like, just the way that they do his arc and everything. Okay, gotcha, And it's gotcha. not like this big, long, right, right. movie-wide thing. It's just like a short... Not, not not every bit of development has to be grandiose. Yeah, like... yeah. And the way they finish off his character and the way... And you just start to understand him. It's mm-hmm. so beautiful. Okay. And, and just the... I don't know, just everything about the show... I, Basically everything I love is just it's just good. There's so much to enjoy. Like there's if you're a Mecca fan, you know, there's enjoyment there, but like you're not gonna I don't know. You come you come for the like Mecca stuff and then you stay for the the psychological yeah trauma. Yeah. The, the, what's what's interesting is that I made a post on uh on my uh on my on my featuring Des uh Facebook uh uh, uh, uh group and um uh, I, I made a post about uh, Hunter Hunter. And it says when you when you watch Hunter Hunter and you think it's your typical lighthearted shonen anime, and all you see is all the villains like laughing, yeah, and like and like, <laughs> and I thought it was funny, so I posted it. But what's funny is that there's this guy who I never met. He posted he posted a comment in the comment section saying saying, saying like yeah man I agreed. That's like going into Ava expecting it to be about mix. Yeah, and, it's yeah. The, and I was I was like yo, and I high five this guy. But uh, but no man. Um, my, so I think. I'm probably gonna have to rewatch the series again, but I think mm-hmm. my favorite uh, episode in um, in Evangelion might have to be 
uh, I think it's called The Day Tokyo 3 Stood Still. Or Is that the one where all the power goes yes. off? That's the day. That's the episode where all the power goes off, and I love that episode because um, uh, this ep- this episode uh, stands out to me because first of all, it's it's kind of cute. It's kind of a cute bonding episode. It's a kind of a cute bonding uh, exercise uh-huh. in trust um, because you know you got uh, you got Shinji who um, never really got anything from his dad, mm-hmm. um, and um, he's pretty much estranged with him. And um, but this episode. Um, it opens with Shinji somewhat on the phone talking to his father. He, he's telling his father about, hey, man, there's this uh, quarterly uh, conference that's coming up. And I kind of would like you to come to my school to see how I'm doing. And his father kind of like basically chews him out. He's like, Shinji, don't you dare bother, bother me with such trivial uh, things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he gets Masato to go, doesn't he? Uh, and he, he basically is just like, all right, I ain't doing this shit. And then Shinji, you can tell he's getting ready to say something to his father. And they're in the middle of a conversation, and click. Uh, uh, his father seemingly hangs up on Shinji. Uh-huh. But then you start to realize that the power and all of all 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 over is going out. And this episode's kind of cool because um, uh, you you basically have uh, one character struggling w- w- um, w- with her place mm-hmm. and, as far as leadership cap- capabilities. You have Shinji who uh, who. Seems he comes off as a very indecisive character, uh-huh. and that point is driven home even even further. Um, whenever Ray suggests they go one way, and then um, shit, um, Asuka. yeah, Asuka, I was gonna say awesome, As- Asuka uh, suggests they go another, and then Asuka asks Shinji, she's like, Shinji, what do you think? And Shinji, oh. yeah, Shinji does. He basically sounds like Morty from Rick and Morty. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't give an answer. He doesn't give a clear answer, mm-hmm. and and it kind of shows you that he's indecisive. And it, it kind of makes you wonder: Can he ever take charge and be the badass? Even Oscar always says she makes this like kind of like bad jab about, "Hey, you know, take charge, be a man, yada yada yada." This other stuff, and like, um, and Asuka kind of struggles with kind of uh, her leadership capabilities, and if she's even really that special. And then at the end, once they all kind of have like their bonding moments, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of cool because uh, Shinji's dad, um, Shinji never got anything from his dad, but in that episode, Shinji. Took a, took a small step forward in understanding his dad a little better. Because, mm-hmm. like, uh, they, they finally make it to, to the area to where they can get inside um, uh, their, their mechs. Well, they're not mechs, but... Yeah. To, to get Yeah, to, and he's, like, pulling Yeah, the and, and, and basically, uh, you find out that he knew that Shinji would make it there no matter what. He, he had confidence that they... So Shinji kind of was like, hey, my dad actually has confidence in my abilities. He believes in me. He expects me to do stuff. And so Shinji kind of... Earned a little bit of respect from his father. And that was kind of a cool moment because uh, up until that point, Shin, uh, Shinji's, yeah. Shinji's dad's kind of been pretty much a dick to him. He doesn't deserve any respect, honestly. Yeah, no, 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 not really. And uh, and so, um, yeah, and like I said, that episode ended on kind of a cute moment because Asuka, she, she becomes a good leader by the end. She's like, hey, Ray, you do this. Uh, and, and I'll sit here and, and, and take the brunt of uh, the attack. Shinji, you, you, you take the lead and shoot this motherfucker. And uh-huh. uh, Shinji turns into Samuel Jackson or Django at the end of Django James and shoots the shit out of the um, <laughs> the angel. So. Yeah. And, uh, and it ends on a kind of a cool, cute note of all them just sitting, watching the city. Uh, uh, and all the power comes on and just watching the stars. And they, there's a comment one of the characters makes about how beautiful the sky looks. And that's how the rest of the show is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the 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 show the show is beautiful, man. Um, I think my favorite like fun bonding episode is uh, the one where Asuka and Shinji need to learn the dance. Yes. So they can... Yes. And that, that that episode has a lot of like like there's the moment where um, I think this moment speaks a lot about the themes of the show. At first, mm-hmm. you think it's just kind of like fan servicey a joke. I think I know no more what you're talking about. Where like yep. she's like. This is my side of the room. This is yours. You stay here, you idiot. And then in the night, middle of the night, she comes over. Mm-hmm. And then Shinji's like, oh. You know. <laughs> Shinji, Shinji tried, to, tried to get a little tongue action. Yeah. And then um, and then she says, mama. And then. A tear comes out, too. Yeah. And you, you know what she's talking about earlier. You, you know, you're like, oh. Shit. Like, it's heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to go in to kiss her. And then he like goes to the other side of the room. And that speaks a lot about Dude, their that, characters and just the show in general. That's a great moment. That, in, that if I had to choose one moment that perfectly encapsulates what um, what Ava is about, 
that's it's, it. It's the disconnect between others mm-hmm. and like the struggle to connect with someone mm-hmm. meaningfully because. Well, and well, okay, so, okay, so so that example as well, but also, um, um, th- well, whatever you think, whatever, whatever you think is going to happen, whatever you think that uh, that the moment is about, that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like for example, like she closes the door, she says, "Stay on your side," and then uh, and Shinji's upset. She's a girl; he's having a bad time with her. And then she comes out, she starts to snuggle w- w- with Shinji, and you're like, "Oh wait, is this about to turn into like an intimate?" cute moment okay no. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go into i'm gonna gonna be a, a bit of a, a twat here and and kind of like um going for a kiss and then i find out something very personal about her and then boom mm-hmm. like the moment completely shifts and it changes the perspective and dude that yeah that's ava man that's another cool moment i think is uh when uh, like uh, the episode where I think Shinji runs away for like the fifth time. Yeah. But, um, and then he meets Kaji in his watermelon field. You know how he likes his melons. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you can make a choice here or whatever. And he gives this cool speech. And then, and it's cool imagery in that scene too. Because you think you see one of the units just standing there. And you see all this wide shot of everything in the trees. And just puts everything into perspective. And then he comes back. He gets into the Ava one, and this is one of Shinji's only like badass moments. Yeah, there's not many. When Shinji does have his badass moments, I absolutely love him. Yeah, and then Ava one goes berserk again, and it's not like your typical anime berserk mode where he becomes like Super Saiyan or anything. No, it just becomes this animal and it rips mm-hmm. the angel apart and starts eating it. Mm-hmm. And that part's so cool. I just think the whole concept of the Evangelion is so cool because it. It goes beyond just being like a concept to drive the story. It's like a, it's like a, emotional and thematic theme of the Avas themselves. They go into more of this in the movie, like why they made the Avas and right. what they represent, and everything. But like, I don't know, just the concept of, like you're like you know how like the Avas have the souls of their mothers, right? Right, right. Like a lot of people don't pick up on that. Like first time I watched it, I didn't put that together exactly, but then like. You know, they they don't say it. They don't flat out spell like that, say. That's what's great about a, a well layered, well written, nuanced story is that you can go back to something and find and find more things to like about it. There's there's so much religious themes and oh Ava like yeah the like crosses and everything. I was gonna say, dude, like the crosses are a definite uh yeah. There's some more subtle ones like in End of Ava. There's this shot where you see this building and there's three windows mm-hmm. and they just look like these pillars and there's one guy at the bottom. And that actually represents the three pillars of something, some religious thing. And the middle one is affiliated with man and, like, mortal mortality and everything. And he's at the bottom. Mm. And so, like, he's... Uh, I can't remember. I heard it explained once, and I'm like, well, I never would have thought of that. You yeah. Know? But, like, there's so much imagery like that. Not just from Christianity, but from, you know, Buddhism, Hinduism, right. just... And um, there's like the door of Guff is talked about a lot, which is like you know a Jewish Hebrew philosophy and everything. And there's there's just so much to unpack in Ava. And honestly, no one should explain it for somebody. It should be a personal thing. Unless you're Bernie Sanders, I think yeah. I think Bernie. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet, I bet Bernie Sanders could explain the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, and if he had eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, nah, man, uh, dude. Like I said before earlier in this podcast, uh, I think talking about Ava is probably probably going to become a, a ritual between the two, uh, me and you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I can't wait to talk about it more. I can't wait to have you on the podcast uh, more, my man. And uh, dude, thanks for joining me on today's uh, episode. Yeah. And uh, guys and gals out there, nerds and nerdettes, thank you for joining me and my buddy Ammon uh, on today's podcast episode. Ammon, you want to tell the people at home where they can find you? Oh uh, yeah, on uh, Ammon the Salmon on Instagram, and that's uh, Salmon or Ammon spelt like salmon without the S, and just Ammon Larson Art on Twitter. All right, my man, and they, they, they can also find you on uh, Instagram as well, right? Yeah, I said Instagram. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Well, guys, uh, thanks for joining me on today's podcast episode. This is Dez from Featuring Dez signing out. Peace.
Yo, thanks everyone for tuning in to today's podcast episode. Now, if you find yourself just unable to shake the urge and you just got to hear more of my soothing voice, (laughs) then I highly recommend you go to YouTube and subscribe and follow me on there. On my YouTube channel featuring Des, I mostly just upload video essays, lists, and just kind of overall express myself in different ways that I'm unable to do on my podcast. I hope to see you guys there. Peace.